Okay, y'all ready? We're going to have fun today. I think, is Brian in here? Is he already going back with Alex? Okay. We're going to have fun today. I am going to, me, I'm going to talk, and then Jan's going to come up and share a dream she had and talk some. Um, <clears throat> 20, so, 23, 20, there's all kinds of context for prophetic words. Last week, we had maybe 10 individual prophetic words. I was at Living Word Church two weeks ago on a Sunday night, and shared what I thought 2023 was going to look like for individuals, what God was going to do for individuals. So that was individual prophetic words. February the 26th, put it on your calendar. It's a Sunday night. We're going to have the, we haven't started advertising it yet, but we're going to have our fifth annual prophetic forum here of all the roundtable churches. Uh, we'll give more information as that comes. The Lord's already shown me what to share there. Those are prophetic words for where the church in Dalton, Georgia is going. Okay, specifically words for here. There'll be three speakers, me, Evan Cochran, Michael Watkins. But today I'm going to give you what I believe. I don't know if I'd call it a prophetic word. It's more a prophetic direction. It's an observation. Um, First Chronicles of where 2023 and 2024 is going to be like for our country, which is going to affect you. And it's very important to understand that. There are a lot of Christians that are, that are getting washed up on the shore. They're getting confused and they're getting frustrated because they don't understand what I'm about to tell you. But if you understand what I'm about to tell you, you'll keep your head and it'll be good. Okay? But we need to understand what's going on in the culture you live in. First Chronicles 1232 is really what I'm trying to do here today. It says, there's a, there was a tribe called Issachar. There's 12 tribes in the Israelites. Tribes were like families, groupings. That's how he organized them, like 12 communities. One of them was Issachar. From the tribe of Issachar, and it has a parenthesis, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. That's cool. I have prayed that all of my life. Now, I'm not going to be arrogant enough to know I think I fully understand the times and I fully know what to do. But I partially understand the times and I partially know what to do. And this word is like a a pastoral word, a shepherd word. I'm I'm a shepherd. To keep this flock together going in the right direction the next two years. Maybe longer, but I, I, I may be off, maybe 18 months, maybe a year, maybe two and a half years, but I believe it's going to be real strong in 2023 and 2024. And um, the slide gives it away here. There's a lot of words up there, and we're going to walk through it. If we don't finish today, we'll just start next week. I doubt we will finish, but this is a good direction. Now, you're going to have to put your brains on because I'm not just going to pump you up and encourage you. You're going to have to think through this. this you're going to have to put your... Okay, Craig's in teacher mode. I'll calm down so I don't preach. I'll sit down to share with you. We'll be around the fireplace. And, uh, but this is, this is a big deal. I am talking today about a grid, a framework, a logic level of how you view the world. And so, Father, I just pray right now you open our eyes that we'll hear, we'll see what the Spirit is saying to this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I see two parallel paths for 2023. One is the top one, and the the bottom one is us. I don't see any of us in here doing this top path. 
but most of America and a huge, large part of Christianity is doing the top path. That is, and it's in that order. The first lawlessness, lawlessness, and I'm going to define that term, always leads to chaos. Chaos, a big part of chaos is immorality. That's not necessarily sexual immorality, but it is. It's lying. It's no character. You're immoral. You have no morals. You have no standards. Can be sexual, but it's probably just as much no integrity, lying, et cetera, et cetera. You follow what I'm saying? And so that is the path that this country is going on. But there is a parallel path that I pray over us, and I think we're on that. And these are parallel. Set of lawlessness, I'm going to find that. There's obedience. Set of chaos, there's order. And instead of immorality, there's purity. Every day, every one of us is making a choice to go down one of these paths. Uh, you know, there's a big common phrase, there's many ways to God, there's many religions. Bull. There's not. There's two paths. And it goes all the way back to, I may be blunt today, hopefully that's alright, if not, it is what it is. Because this is a cool, this is an important subject. It goes all the way back to the two paths, to the two choices that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden. Two paths, that's it. It has never changed. Every morning you wake up and go, I'm going to take the path of lawlessness. Let's define lawlessness. Lawlessness, let me read to you 1 John 3, 4. I don't put all these verses up. Maybe I should, but it's, you can write it down and go back and look at it later. Type in your notes, 1 John 3, 4, or quickly go find it. So, here's the definition of lawlessness. Everyone who sins breaks the law. Sin is lawlessness. What does that mean? We think of lawlessness almost what happened in Atlanta this weekend with Antifa group who, who or an anarchist who were protesting the police building a new uh, little guard station or office or whatever there in Atlanta. If you didn't follow the news, fine, but this happened. They went, were violent, th- trying to keep this police station from being built. Okay, that's the extreme case of lawlessness. Hopefully none of you in here disagree. They're going against the law. But in God's eyes, it, it may not be that big, but every time we sin, we're lawless. That's why obedience is the opposite. Well, what's a sin? There are obviously sins in the Bible. The Ten Commandments list them. Have no gods before me. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Do not have any... I already said that one. God's before Anyway, there's Ten Commandments there. Honor your father and mother. Keep the Sabbath holy. Those are at least ten sins. It's not for debate. I had somebody come to me this week and said, you're judging me because I said something similar to this. I said, no, I'm not judging you. Yeah, you are. I said, no. This is not my opinion. I won't tell the specific area of sin. This is not my opinion. This is the Bible's opinion. Well, then the Bible's judging me. I hate to say it, you're 37, so you make the cut. Most people under 35, this drives me crazy. You're judging me. You're judging me. Like, that's the answer to all things. I can do whatever the heck I want, so I'm not judged. So I told him this, which is true. And I said it in love. I said, no, I'm not judging you. Then yes, you are. I said, no, my standard is the Bible. I follow the Bible. The Bible is judging me, you. 
Well, the Bible can't. It is. Well, I don't think the Bible's true. And I'm not going to follow. I said, that's fine. You will be dead soon. And you're not that old. The Bible is around thousands of years before you, and it'll be around thousands of years after you. Sometimes I'm blunt like that because people are so deceived. When you're lawless and you keep sinning, there's many, many Christians I know that justify their sin based on God's not a loving God. God is a loving God, but He has standards. He's also holy and just. And because He's holy and just, He said, I have to give it away. I have to give them an ability to obey. So I allowed Jesus to die on the cross. In His strength, you can be holy and just. That's my love. He's loving and He's also holy and just. Does that make sense? Our society has rejected all standards. That's why there's chaos in the world. The same person I was talking to says, you're just old-fashioned. I said, yes, I am. And it has been proved historically when you've got to have some standard. No standard, even if it makes you feel good, always leads to chaos in the or in the areas where you're sinning. God will bless you in the areas you've obeyed. So you can parallel obey and disobey. It's pretty weird. You obey God with your finances, He can bless you there. If you obey God and being a good parent, He can bless you there. If you don't obey God in some other area of your life, He says, all right, fine, you're on your own. Chaos always comes in. Well, Craig, how can you be so so uh, strong on this? Every and so this is not against you. I mean, we're in a good. We're 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 trying the best we can. Okay, we're not perfect, but I'm helping you understand our culture, so you have a filter to look at it. Every you you don't even have to read the news like I do. You don't even have to read psychological anthropological studies like I do. There is more anxiety, depression, and suicide in America than ever. Why? Because we go back, they have decided there's no such thing as sin. Okay, fine, you're on your own, and you'd better be good. The Bible is real clear in Deuteronomy, I didn't even write this down, 28, I didn't write it down, but you go to Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 12, it starts out with this, I'm sorry, 1 through 14, it starts out with this. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. If you obey my commands and listen to my voice, which we talk about all the time. So don't, I know we're doing that here, so don't get under condemnation. Look at our culture as a whole. Look at relatives that aren't doing this. Then, verses 2 through 14, these are the blessings that will come on you. Verse 15, or maybe it's 14. I'm doing this from memory. It doesn't really matter. If you don't obey my voice and don't obey my commandments... From there to verse 54, something around there, these are the curses that are going to come on you. And they go, well, I don't, I don't want to follow God that curses you. He doesn't curse you. Are you all hanging with me? He will let America go to hell if America chooses to do hell. It's that simple. And right now, we're going to hell. Is that too harsh? It's not too harsh, but it's going to help you understand. But this is the good thing. In the midst of chaos, confusion, despair, doing our own thing, homosexuality, pedophilia, which you can't call it pedophilia anymore. you got to call them maps. Minor attracted people. I call it minor attracted perverts. 
But yeah, that, so whatever. We're not doing that here. They will reap chaos in their immorality, but I'm telling you in this house that you're going to see this in a parallel universe, parallel going. For those that obey, your life always becomes in order. He asks you to obey in certain areas to get your spirit, soul, and body in order so that He can bless you in Deuteronomy 28. 1 through 12. He can only bless those things that are lined up in order with His order. Anything outside of His order, He can't bless. Because you've, we've, not you, we've chosen, okay, we know best. Okay, fine. I'll leave you alone. He's a gentleman. He's sovereign. But in His sovereignty, He has chosen to take His hands off because He loves us and respects us and He'll let us go wherever. Y'all follow me? So in America this year, it is going to get more chaos in next year. More immorality. More darkness than we've ever seen. In my opinion. I'm hoping I'm wrong. Why? Because there's more and more people giving God the finger. I, I'm a blunt talker, but that's just the way it is. And we, we're not judgmental. If they don't ask, I guess I don't tell them. But this flock, this group of people, we're going to see more order, more purity, more peace, more blessings. Because His promises to us have to come true. If we listen to His voice, obey His commands, just go and read verses 2 through 14 in Deuteronomy 28. It's in an agricultural environment language. You can apply it. It says your sheep and your flocks is going to get more multiplied. I do not want any more sheep. I don't want any sheep. I don't want any cows. I got two little dogs and that's almost too much. But I do want my bank account, my contacts, my favorite work, my businesses. Joseph, in the midst of Egypt, which worshipped foreign gods, was blessed. David, who was at Babylon, in the midst of foreign gods, was blessed. The key is to keep our eyes focused and obey His voice and His commands. And whatever's going on out here, if they ask us, we'll, we'll tell them. That's between them and God. So you're going to see those parallel paths. Why? Let me tell you what's going on in America. Romans 12. Now let me go back to... Uh, let's see. What, there's so many verses. Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is a verse talking about the end times. Now we've been in the end times since Matthew 24 is written. I don't have time to go down that route. We've not been in the last time, but we've been in the end times. The Scriptures is real clear on that. Matthew 24, many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Now, I want to pause here. This is Craig's opinion. Don't get freaked out. Most Christians I've seen are lawless. They're saved. Not here. We're perfect. No, we do have a good group of people. Some of you are more perfect than others. But we have a good group. We really do. What? What? It's not even about perfect. It's just... I'm seeking after God the best I know how. 
I'm not perfect. If I sin, I repeat. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? But if we keep our eyes, we fall, we repent, that's all, that's all it takes. But many false prophets appear and deceive many people. And because, because there will be more and more lawlessness, most people's love will grow cold. But the person who endures to the end will be saved. I cannot tell you how many Christians I've met, and I believe they're saved. They can give the gospel message. But when you start asking about their lifestyle, they could care less about God to a certain degree. They want to be saved and go to heaven, but they don't run their life by God. What always happens is their love for God grows cold. Jesus, in Revelation 3, in Revelation 3, Three is standing outside a door. You might have read this. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will come, open the door and let me in, I will come in and eat with him. That was a big deal. Eating was a sign of fellowship. It's a sign of intimacy. It's not like what we do. We go to McDonald's and go in and out real quick. Guess what? He was not saying that to unbelievers. He was saying that to Christians. Let me in. That's, that's unbelievable. And I think that's where most of the church, when I say, you know, nationally in the West, is at. I want to be saved. I want to go to church to ease my conscience. But do not tell me how to live. I want to do what feels right. I had somebody recently tell me, this is how I feel. And I said, it's obvious. What do you mean? I said, you know, your feelings do not matter to God. They do. Don't get me wrong. But in this context, he wants you to have healthy feelings. I said, the facts matter. If you're 30, 35 and under, the concept, and I'm not nobody here, the concept of facts is a foreign thing. It's all relative. It's called postmodernism. It's where our society is. But there are facts, whether we acknowledge it or not. And our society will eventually come back to that. How far we have to go, I do not know. But you read Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 54, 55. It's an agricultural society. Those are the curses. Um, most of those, it says, if you don't obey God, these are judgments. America is under judgment. Most of those, when you bring them into a modern context, have already happened in America. What? Uh, lawlessness, like what happened in Atlanta. Debt. is Our country's so much in debt. is a sign of a curse. Now, He can bless us in the midst of that. Amen. And that's where I stand and that's where I believe. Amen. Is we're going to obey Him. He's going to... And Every one of us, he's going to say something slightly different to us. And we're not to disobey the Ten Commandments, but there's other things that comes along. Little things like, you know, whatever it is. How many of you have had him t- say little things to you that uh, you just know you're supposed to do? You go, that's not a big deal. It's a big deal. Because it causes a chain reaction to set your life in order. Well, that seems so little. It may be the little jigsaw puzzle piece that you need to start seeing the the puzzle of your life. 
Obey. I'm telling you, it'll be in the end. Then they'll start putting things in order, and you'll see the picture of your life. Let me um, tell a little bit, and then I want to get Jan up here. I forgot to put my timer on, so I don't know when I started. Uh, Romans one twenty one. This so this is. I'm telling you, this really is not to bash you guys, or you wouldn't be here. If you were going after lawless path, there's a lot of other places you would be. But I want you to understand our society. This is where we're at. I'm going to read a couple verses real quick on where we're at. This is America. This is not Babylon. This is not Egypt. This is America. I love America. I plan on dying here. I'm called here. I was born here to be a light to America. So are you. To be prosperous in America. But to do that, you have to understand your times. This is not negative. Any of you that grew up in a hardcore charismatic church, you will never hear a message like this. It's always positive. It's always faith. It's always up. Bringing. I'm telling you, God's always positive to you. He's always faith to you. He's always upbringing to you. But we need to know what we need or to be positive about, to have faith overcome and to, to bring victory to, or else you'll get blindsided. So it's, it's Romans 121. Let's write these down and go back and look at it. Yes, they knew God. There's a heritage in America. Most people... Younger probably didn't grow grow up with it. But they wouldn't worship God or give Him thanks. And they began, I love this, to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. I, how, I mean, that's the news, man. As a result, now here's a big deal, starting to get over into this chaos. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. How many of you that follow the news, you hear people, one, two, three PhDs on national news say something, and you go, I have none of those, but that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. That's just plain stupid. I'm not saying they're stupid, but I'm saying their idea is stupid. Why? Because they did not worship God or give Him thanks. They became lawless. They came up with foolish ideas. Let me go on. Verse 22. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, Claiming to be wise. Now you have to pay attention to this. Everybody that has a degree or has experience and they say they're wise on, on the, on the, on the TV, what, what do you do? You compare them to the Bible. If they're not saying, and of course you gotta know the Bible. That's one reason we have every other Wednesday night training. That's why you need to read regularly your Bible, your own Bible study, so that you know what the Bible is. If, If they don't line up with the Bible, they, let me read on, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Proverb is full of fools. Where did I start reading the Bible? There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. Once, once, every day, read one chapter, maybe half of it in the morning, half of it in the evening. Start with that at the end of several months. Uh, you're gonna be a whole lot smarter. And you're gonna know how God, well, you're smart. You're gonna be a whole lot wiser. You're gonna know Know what God is saying. So if they say something that's against the Bible, go, the Bible's been around a whole lot longer than you. It's survived being kicked out, not letting people translate, persecuted around the world, and it's still, every year, the number one sold Bible in the world, number one book sold in the world. They will be around a whole lot longer than your training. I mean, it's just foolish. I mean, just recently, I saw it on one of the news channels. They asked some expert, you know, this whole gender identity. You have an identity in your gender. It's the way God made you. If you're struggling about that identity, which can happen, that's a whole other issue. 
But your identity is a male or female. Now, maybe we need to get some obedience to line up our order because the world has so confused us with a chaos. We could put confusion there instead of chaos. I feel sorry for people. I really do. I'm not judging them. I'm like, if I grew up in this society without God, I would be confused. I have empathy for them. But there was some guy on there. They just asked him directly. Some I don't remember all his credentials. Can a man get pregnant? And he goes, yes. And I'm like, I will give you $10,000 for the first man that gets pregnant. That's a foolish idea. And they're proclaiming to be wise. Why? This is what happens. The more you... So keep this in mind. The more you're lawless, which is sin, and think you're the answer, the more darker you get, and it sets up this loop... The more, I'm trying to get to you, Jed. The, 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 the more you set up this loop of darkness, and the more confused you get, but this is what's, what's, what's dangerous. It says in the end times, um, there will be more and more deception. This is Christians too. You may be going to heaven, but if you do number one, you're going to get just as deceived as an unbeliever, and you're going to think you're right, because the more and more you say no to God, the less and less you're able to hear His voice, and the less and less conviction there is, until it gets so bad, the Bible says you have hardened your heart, that means He can't even speak to you anymore by your own choice. Then you really get stupid ideas. They're not stupid because they're made in God's image, but you get stupid ideas. You're going to remember the word stupid after this, aren't you? But this is cool. The more and more you obey God, the more and more you say yes, the more and more ability you will hear Him speak to you instead of once a month, it'll be once a week, it may even be once a day, it could even be once an hour, because the more and more you say yes, the more and more you align with Him, the more and more He'll bring in creativity, Dreams, prosperity, purity. In the midst of all the craziness. One more verse. Actually, two more. Isaiah 5.20 is where we're at. Is this helping you to understand our grid work? How horrible it will be for those. Okay, this is America. This is certain people on our Supreme Court. This is a huge part of Congress. Isaiah 5.20. How horrible it will be for those who call evil good and good evil. You go, how can anybody do that? They don't do it all at once. They said no to God on some relationship. They said no to God to their finances. No to God on something he said a line. And it sets up this snowball so that they actually... I mean, this guy that... I, I can't believe this guy said a man can be prayed. I think he's just playing a political game. But there are a lot... A lot of dumb things people say. I think they actually believe it. How many of you know people like that? Some there you go, what? They do believe it. Because they've gotten so far from the light, the light's not shining on them anymore, and they think their light, which is just a little half-watt candle, is the light. So that will help you understand our society. Who turn darkness into light and light into darkness. Who turn what is bitter into something sweet and what is sweet into something bitter. Do you want to share that verse about the the sand and the rock and the water coming or you want me to? Okay. So, there you go. We're about to turn it over to Jan here. 
That will help you. We'll talk more about it next week. There's a lot more going on. But this is not to condemn you. I really don't think, uh, seriously, I'm not trying to blow smoke here or you wouldn't be here. But this will help you understand the world and why it's going crazy. Why is it going crazy? Where's it getting its foolish ideas? Somewhere, way back when, they started saying no to God, which is sin, and started doing what they wanted to do. It set up lawlessness and it sets up this chaos. And if they've been doing it long enough, they get so deep, they can't even, they're down in the hole and they can't even get out. But they need you to somehow or another, over time, if they're repentant and hum- humble, to start helping pull them out. How you pull them out? There's only one truth. For those who obey God are my commandments and listen to my voice. You have to bow your knee. Amen. Jan. Let me get the microphone. I've got it. You got one? Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, friends... You are friends, and uh, we're in relationship. <clears throat> and when you're in relationship with people, you share things with them. So I want to share with you, and this is a prophetic word. Craig did a disclaimer on your on his part. I am giving you a prophetic word. And the reason that I know this is because I have carried this for two years. And that... I always ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you please be practical in my life? Just speak to me so that I can understand, be practical. And when I pray that many times, he'll say, Jan, how am I doing? Because he's very practical, (laughs) like pieces of bread and a toaster and just different things. That. But uh, two years ago, I had an open-eyed vision where I was in the vision And I saw, I was at the end, the edge of Niagara Falls. And at the, I've never been to Niagara Falls. I know Craig has, probably many of you have. But I was there, right where this is pointing. And there was a house. This is a two-story brick house. Flat on the front, like some of those in Dalton, with a roof, and it was perched on the falls, right at the very edge, right at the very cusp of the falls, facing the falls. And the left side of it was tilted. And I said, "Mm, I don't know what that means, but I don't like it. And I don't want to see it anymore. But he did not take it away. And I would literally, I'm not kidding you, it was so terrifying to me that I would say, I mm-mm, don't want to think about it. I'm just going to put it over there. And you'll have to tell me what to do with this because this is horribly frightening to me. So I, every once in a while, he would pull it up and I'd say, yeah, it's just as bad as it was before. What is that about, Lord? And I got nothing. On New Year's Day, I was sitting in my living room, studying and just worshiping him. And he took me back to the falls. And at that moment, at one fell swoop... 
I wasn't thinking about the falls. I wasn't thinking about him necessarily. The house leveled up on the falls. And the chair that I was sitting in fell right side up to the bottom of the falls as though I had just dropped down an elevator. And I said, okay, what was that about? And then he dropped a plumb line. You know what those are, I hope. Started to bring one. I've got, there's one in the intercession room. It's a metal one. And it's what carpenters use to line up a wall that is being built to make sure that it's level. And I have a wooden one in my house that my husband made. And he held up that plumb line and it went all the way from the top of the falls all the way down to where I was sitting. And I said, interesting. Looks better down here than it did up there. But I'm glad, God, because I know that you're saying something. So these are the two phrases that he has given me for this next year. You will be supernaturally situated. And you will be gloriously Unveiled. Hmm. So, you know, we all have played, maybe you have, that game that says rock, paper, scissors, rock, paper, scissors. He said it's not that. It is, it is rock or water. Back in the parables, he said, man can build his house either on the sand, the water, Or he can build it on a rock. Hmm. All right, got that. When Peter was with Jesus and the disciples, and they're saying, and Jesus said, who do men say that I am, guys? Well, Peter answered and said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, some say you're Jeremiah. But who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are the son. You are the son of the living God. You are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you answered good, Peter, because flesh and blood didn't come up with that. You didn't look in your concordance or ask Google. But my father in heaven told you that. And on this, this revelation, I'm going to build My church. Okay. I want you. Ephesians 3.20 says. God is greater than anything that we can imagine. I didn't grow up honestly as a real creative child seeing stuff. And I don't know playing with the invisible. Although later he. Let me see some things that I didn't know I was going to be seeing. So I cannot take credit for being extremely imaginative. But if Galatians 3.20 says, I'm going to give you something that's far above anything you could imagine, even if you were good at it. And I'm sure many of you in this room are good at it. So I want you to fasten in your mind, what is it? That I want more than anything. 
It was a seed planted there by your father in heaven. It was part of his DNA. When you were conceived, he put part of himself in you. And maybe as a little child, you say, oh, I just love to do this. I've got a grandson who just loves to do Rubik's Cubes. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. Okay. That was what was put in him. Or maybe as a child, you remember thinking, oh, I just love to do this or that or the other thing. Let's call that your dream, your destiny, because his gifts and his calling are irrevocable. What he's put in you, he said, uh-oh, didn't do that one good, but I'll redo it. No, his gifts and his calling are irrevocable. So whatever was attached to your heart when you were conceived, that could very well be a part of your Calling. Now, we're all called to know him, but he gives us different vehicles to get there. Music, poems, physical labor, all those things. You got it. So think about it. Now you'd envision that two-story, flat front brick house situated firmly on that rock. And that's your dream. You say, yeah, it's in a pretty desperate place. Yeah, it is. Because we live in desperate times. However, if your house, your dream is based on the word of God and being led by the spirit, you can have your dream if it's fastened to God and on the rock. Proverbs 21, 12, uh, Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. You can have your house perched up there, and it can be leaning, and you can say, I'm going to get it this way, blankety blank. I'm going to do this. You can have a way. But it can only lead to death. So the only way that we, through this next year, there's a possibility that you'll be afraid. Like I, like the terror that I felt. Whatever comes along, you can choose to be afraid or you can say, no, I am Fastened to the foundation of the word of God on this rock and I will not be moved. Now, I constantly pray, Lord, don't let me be deceived because I have been before. And that is a crying jealousy in my heart. God, don't let me be deceived. So if you go along, if we will do what Craig Outline this morning, when the hard times come by this year, you don't have to be afraid. It's like Hillary, if I may share. This week on Tuesday, I was told a dam gate at Cartersville got stuck and with the water coming down. 
toward the valley where their farm is that God gave them. And Hillary called and said, and let us all know, and we all participated in this. But I want you to know, when I heard that, I said, no, that is not happening on our watch. Because Father has given this to them, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So when we sit on that place and we're afraid, be sure, be very sure that your house is leveled. I'm not saying perfect, but you better be in fellowship with him, the Father, with Jesus and Holy Spirit, and with those in community around you, because then you can stand and say, no, just no, I don't have to explain it, but I am telling the word of God and I am telling the enemy, you can't do this because father is preparing a place in heaven. You, everyone in here has a house. Jesus said, I'm going away, but if I go away, I'll come again, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. You got a place in heaven. And he says, how about my place on earth with where you are, with where you're walking, with where my Holy Spirit lives inside of you? I want to be able to walk the earth in your shoes, in your house, with your dream, so that when you hear things on the news and it's affecting you or your children, you can say no. No, just not, no, not now, not ever. Because the gates of hell will not prevail against the kingdom of God. But we have to be rightly aligned on that waterfall. I don't want to go to Niagara Falls. I don't want to stand on that observation deck. I think I would freak out. But you know, there's people on your observation deck watching you and saying, what are they going to do right now? And then the enemy is watching you, hate to say, you know it already, to take you out. Not because you are just so important, but because Father is in you and he has displayed a part of himself inside of you that cannot be duplicated by another human being in the universe. He says, I want that one in Trini. I want that one and Deborah and that one and Chuck. Because one day I'm going to call that back to your house. And you and he says, I want you to bring that part of me that has been on planet Earth. And you have made the kingdom of God wherever you walked. Come on back now. Bring it back to me. Because that is part of the treasure that we're giving him. That is the salvation of your soul. The redemption of the soul is costly. Costly. So, how do I walk this way? Well, I will show you the way, Jan. I will show you the way. I will show you the way. But he's also reminded me, Amos 3.3. 3. I will walk with you, Jan, through the hell, through the high water. But remember water? 
Jesus walked on the water. And he says, if you will let your house be foundationally structured on the rock, I will allow you to walk on the water. When these times come, you will not fail because I'm not going to fail you. But we have to ask him. He also says, I want you to be careful who you walk with. Because Amos 3.3 3 says, how can, you, how can you walk with someone who's not in agreement with you? And Amos 7.7 7 says, agreement, plumb line, to the corner of your house, to the corner of your dream, to the corner of your choice of what you're making about, oh, that doesn't look very big. Yes, it is. It's a plumb line. And we are to walk circumspectfully because he's going to pull back the veil to the bride. You know, bride comes down the aisle with the veil over her face, particularly in the eastern part of the world, because her face is for her bridegroom. And when he pulls back that veil, We will be face to face with him. He will know us. We will be known in heaven as we are known by him. Once your veil pulled back, we got to be ready. A glorious unveiling, I believe, will happen this year. It's already happened at the dam gates. Because those gates somehow got repaired and their farm was saved. It did not get flooded. He did that. He did that as a gift to all of us to say, being practical, Jan, gates did it. And I say, thank you, Father. You heard our voice. Glorious unveiling, supernaturally situated. Whoever you are, wherever you work, live, breathe, whoever your kids are, whoever your friends are, you are supernaturally situated. Go for it. So good. We'll continue talking about this next week, probably on and off the next year, because uh, my goal is for uh, me as a shepherd, pastor, a friend, we're going to come out of this better on the other side, and we're going to be wise. Uh, let me close on Ephesians 3.20. She mentioned it, because this is where we're going. This is for you. Um, not for the world, but it's for you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. All he asks is to stay close, live close. It's in the lobby. And we're going to see that this year. I think the lows of the world is going to parallel the highs of what he's doing with us. And we'll talk about it at least one more week more, some of that. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably. That means you can't measure it. 
You know, it said about Jesus that they wrote some of what he did. I don't remember what gospel it was at. Some of you may remember. But it said they they couldn't write all that he did because it would fill up all the books in the world. That's immeasurably. Wouldn't you love to have that happen to you, Johnny? Joy, Jacob. There's so much happened. I can't even tell you about it all. More than all we ask or imagine. I can imagine a lot. According to His power that is at work within us. Let's stand. I'm going to bless you. appreciate your, your, your being here today. <clears throat> the communion was good. Worship was good. You're good. God's even better. Father, I just thank You for these people. And I just right now, I just pray a Father's blessing upon them of of unconditional love, that they'll know it. Uh, And I thank you that the immeasurably is starting more than we can ask or imagine, more than we can even share, more than can be written in all the books of the world. Not for our glory, but just because you're such a cool God. And you show us off to those who aren't following you. And so, Father, we pray for those that aren't following you. A crowd this size, or some of us have relatives, spouses, friends that are just dark, foolish ideas, and they think they're wise. Father, help us to love them. Help us to be patient towards them. Help us just to do our stuff, and, and, but to love them. And we just pray for a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. We pray you'll show up in their bedroom. You'll show up at their work and they'll see, oh my gosh, I thought I was good, but he is holy. He is high. He's the creator. And humility will come in and that we will see him and bow our knee. We pray for that relative, that friend, that spouse, that employee, employer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.